0: There is a extremely strong Disney channel to be horror movie pipeline going on here.
1: Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. You know, we're all alone up here. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack,
2: a total joke, a waste of time,
1: or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're rating these movies with the perspective we've gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris, I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week I'm joined by the classic horror connoisseur, Sean.
2: I found these condoms.
1: And the paranormal paramour, Binks. What is this,
0: hotel ghetto?
1: This week we're breaking down yet another horror movie starring a wrestler. Before we step into that ring, though, we have some follow-up.
0: Let's follow up on some stuff. So we've been talking a lot about a special event coming up in October. We typically always do something special for our podcast birthday. So it's October 13th, super exciting. But this year in particular, it's going to be the first Friday, the 13th of October since our show began back in 2017. So mega anniversary for us. Very cool. Very appropriate, I would say, right?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Undoubtedly. I legitimately could not be more excited. And I know, Sean, that we're joking about like a hacker slash tattoo, but I'm probably actually going to get a hacker slash tattoo to commemorate this occasion.
2: It would be cool. It would be a Friday the 13th hacker slash tattoo. I mean, I don't know if we can get it done that day, but it would be pretty cool.
1: I'd probably get mine done beforehand like maybe in september so it's nice and healed and maybe just debut it at the meetup
2: nice nice
0: well that would be extra appropriate considering that not only is it the first friday the 13th since we've started the show but we actually are going to also be celebrating our 300th episode so you definitely need to get that tattoo right like this is the biggest commitment i've had in my life i was just gonna say like really simmer on that 300 episodes you pioneering it's wild manning the ship Mm -hmm. 300 episodes longer than any relationship i've had Uh, i'm done anyways (laughs) (laughs) but look so to celebrate such a momentous occasion we've been talking a little bit about it in past episodes we're gonna be hosting our first ever meetup and live show on that friday october 13th 2023 in orlando florida very sunny very exciting (laughs) <laughs> great time, great place. It's giving sunshine. It's giving rainbows. It's giving happy. Absolutely, Innerland is a great spot for all things spooky as well. So it'll it'll be a good vibe. We actually already have ticket sales already open ready for you to purchase starting april 1st so you'll want to act now before that pricing increases as we get closer to the big day and so to get to those tickets you just have to go to hacker dot live slash meetup to learn more and get those tickets seriously get them it's going to be a fun time yes
1: and the sales are limited to a small number so not everybody's gonna be able to get them
2: definitely jump on those gotta jump on them
0: absolutely so that's exciting and speaking of jumping on those tickets we actually have a new patron midnight desperado Ooh. welcome welcome i love that name
2: yeah good name
0: the most mysterious name of any patron we've had i think midnight desperado is going to get that ticket that's going to jump on it right now what do you think oh i hope so <laughs> i hope so i really want to meet that person in person with a name like that Come oh, on.
1: Absolutely. Midnight Desperado, you should know. I, and I believe that Midnight Desperado is actually from Canada based on the currency they pay us in. Ooh. Don't worry. We already have Canadians who have booked their tickets and travel to come to the meetup. So you're not going to be alone. There's going to be fellow Canadians. This
0: is true. Oh, yeah. I love it.
1: That's it for our follow. up Well, in April 2006, a tag team match between WWE wrestlers Kane, Big Show and Spirit Squad featured a clip of Kane hearing voices backstage voices that were reminding him of something that happened May 19th and warning it was happening again. While Big Show was able to snap him out of it before the match, Kane later appeared to completely lose it against the Spirit Squad, decimating the squad, attacking a referee, and even his own tag team partner. This chain of events set off a running WWE gag of Kane attacking anyone who mentioned the date, May 19th. While the significance of that date was unknown at the time, It was ultimately revealed to be the release date of a horror movie Kane was starring in. The film features a group of delinquents who are sent to clean up a rundown hotel. Little do they know, though, that a killer with a penchant for eyeballs is in their midst. This week, we're talking about See No Evil have seen this one before.
2: Uh, Well, I will say that I have seen this one before, uh, right around when it came out, which is a long time ago now, if you think about it. You know, I'm I'm a huge wrestling fan. So Kane's horror movie debut, I was all over it for sure. But aside from that, I honestly did not remember anything from this movie.
0: And honestly, I don't even blame you. Because although I grew up watching wrestling with my grandfather, and, you know, my cousin and I would obsess over wrestlers, in particular Undertaker and Kane, because I feel like they were just, you know, the perfect icons for a budding emo girl like myself. I don't recall this movie ever existing. And if I did, I erased it from my memory. And, well, it sounds like you did, too. So that's interesting already.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be real. I never heard of this shit, never saw this shit, didn't know it existed until Sean and I were doing a planning meeting. And, you know, really looking at just the artwork for the film, and I'm not even referencing the actual poster. I mean, like, there is a specific image of Kane's character with, like, what appears to be a hook in front of him. And I thought, wow, this looks like it has potential. And you know, there's a classic line of Chris Rojas falling in love with potential. So I expected though, knowing that this was from 2006, knowing that this was going to be a wrestler who appeared to be a big hulking dude, and looking at some of the other images like the poster of the film, I expected this would be the exact era and aesthetic of movie that I absolutely hate. So when I actually hit play on this movie, after finding it on Tubi, I thought... You know what? The visuals, they're gonna suck for me. Let me go ahead and just ignore the visuals. Let me try to dig deeper. Let me try to just like really get back to my roots as a slasher enthusiast and try to just have fun with the mayhem. I was expecting an adequate time.
2: Yeah that's fair and i don't know if i know exactly which movie you're talking about but i will tell you what my expectations were because for not remembering much of anything from this movie except maybe like one scene from that i don't know why but i was expecting texas chainsaw vibes that's what i was expecting from this film
1: that would have been great that would have been great vibes it's a, okay yeah
0: actually fine i Knowing what the movie is and hearing that was a little painful, but I'm going to tell you, okay, taking a moment to breathe and let it settle, that's fair. You know, for me, I think that the poster as well, and knowing that it was Kane as the main character, I didn't really know how to feel. Like, I was a little nervous at first. We just reviewed another 2000s baddie a few weeks ago, and so I was like, all right, this has to be a B-horror that's, like, cringe. (laughs) dramatic, poorly written dialogue. So, you know, I, I, I expected all of those things. However, the 2000s baddie we just reviewed, I loved. Was I going to love this one? I wasn't too sure. Like, I, I love Kane growing up, but I don't know if that was going to be able to hold true throughout the movie. So I was expecting not great things, I'll be honest.
1: mm Okay, well, while I think it's fair to expect not great things, let me tell you that I felt a lot of not great things watching this movie. And not even because of what I expected, right? Obviously, the 2000s of it all, the green of it all, the grunginess of it all. I felt a number of things that were really sparked by some of the slurs we get in casual conversation that we came to expect from the early 2000s. I think... It kind of hit us back when we did April Fool's Day from 2008 and I think Stay Alive as well. So we had that whole just wave of like, holy fuck, transport me back in time to a point in in, in time that I absolutely hated and let me just like yeah. live in it for a while. Although I will say that I was able to be distracted by Kane himself as Jacob, the antagonist in this movie, because I felt like his presence, although disgusting – was effective enough to get me to think this guy should play the trapper in the dead by daylight movie that's being made mm. so i felt like okay i could I could buy into it a little bit
0: i could see the vibe where that's actually really good I, I don't know if we've ever discussed that before as to like what the casting would be for the trapper in dead by Daylight, but i can i can see that actually but for me i think i felt that stereotypical 2000s era 15 minutes in and it felt like such agony that did not go away at all and I was mostly disinterested confused a little bit like I was watching some of the worst self-made movies at home like that tried to be hardcore horror like this kid really wanted to get into film school picked up a camera probably listened to some heavy metal But isn't actually talented. That's the only downfall for him. Like, that was the vibe that I was getting throughout this movie. It was a rough feeling and emotions throughout. (laughs) One scene in particular I could think of was just like the sound design in the beginning. Like, there was like a 2000s ringtone beat Mm -hmm. that was so abysmal that I was just like, oh, this is not going to be a great journey for me
1: for sure something that was
0: overwhelming
1: was how dramatic the sound design was and i don't mean dramatic and like ooh, it's giving drama it's giving intrigue no i mean like it's excessive Mm -mm. like there's no refinement it's like someone taking a salt shaker and instead of doing it sparingly to add seasoning to the food they just pour the entire container of salt into the dish that's what the sound design felt like.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, my overall, I'll tell you my overall feelings watching this movie was that it, it all felt really, really, really cliche. Like everything felt super washed up and recycled. I immediately hated the camera work in this movie from like within the first 10 or 20 minutes. Like, I don't know, as soon as it started jumping around and doing weird shit, like it had me like, It threw threw me off. It 100% felt like a B-movie through and through. Not necessarily a good B-movie, but you feel every bit of that B-movie watching this one for sure. I, I will say I do feel like this was the perfect role for Kane to play. I think that it was definitely something that he could step into and cross over from his character in WWE to this character in this film for sure.
0: If there was a positive emotion going into this and throughout watching the movie, it was that, I'll agree, that Kane had to be, if he was going to be in a horror movie, which he needed to be, right? It's the essence of his whole entire character in wrestling and WWE, it needed to be something that was like brooding, scary, silent. So I think that was really done really well and intentionally. I don't know. I think when I think of overall disappointments, though, I would have wanted a bit more of just him as the focus and everything else, just like the sound design, the soundtrack, it was so abysmal that I felt like it overshadowed it a bit. And to be honest, overall, the vibe of the movie, what was most disappointing is that it was giving white people trying extra hard to make it seem like all these other white people are hardcore by putting hip hop music in the background of almost a majority, maybe I would say 90% of this movie. It was very (laughs) strange. And, Their voices weren't even aligned with their lips at times. I was like, is this dubbing? Like, what's happening here? It was very strange. Bizarre at best.
2: Terrible.
1: I 100% agree with you there. There were some particular choices, especially when in the beginning of the film we get an introduction to the characters and it, like, freezes goes to grayscale and then it just get introduces you to their name and what they're doing time for as <laughs> if it's some kind of like heist movie yeah it was super weird it was giving ocean 3.5.
2: Were these kids, like, already in jail, or were they about to go to jail? Because they were all wearing some, like, pretty decent clothes for coming out of jail. I think it's juvie, bro. I think it's just juvie. It's just juvie. But, like,
1: also, they're too old to be in juvie. Yeah.
0: But did they come out of juvie looking like they went to the mall earlier that morning? Like, it was so bizarre.
2: It was a lot.
1: You know, maybe. Maybe it was just, like, a little boot camp. Maybe it's, like, uh, when they try to give you kids in that show, Scared Straight. Is that what that show is called, where they take them to jail? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, so maybe, like, the parents are just like, wow, I'm really at what's end with you. I'm going to put you in this program, or it's juvie, and then, no. <laughs> this is all, like, speculation. They were exceptionally well-dressed for the full-ass adults they were, and definitely not just juvenile delinquents. But let me tell you that my biggest surprise came mere seconds into the movie, and that was seeing Christina Vidal's name in the in the titles. Taina.
0: You took my va- my biggest surprise as well. There is a extremely strong Disney Channel to ho- be horror movie pipeline going on here. And let me break it down for you. We've got Michael Pagan. He was an up, up, and away. We have Christina Vidal, Brink. But then also, of course, Taina. Good old Brink. It's fantastic. So good. And when I was looking up this movie and was absolutely floored to find out that I had a sequel... I discovered Danielle Harris, who is on Wish Upon a Star. She's in the sequel. So now we've got three people that are in this franchise, I guess, if we want to call it, that are in Disney Channel original movies. Incredible.
2: Nice. I will say, I was surprised that the gore was pretty decent to look at in this film, which we'll unpack a little bit later on. But I was also Super disappointed in the overall storyline in this one. It just did not feel realistic in the slightest to me. It was probably the the thing that threw me off the most.
1: See, that's interesting because... Well, in the spoiler zone, we can zero in on which elements of it you think are not realistic. Because there is a certain theme that absolutely is realistic. And like the levels of abuse that some people can endure. But... Now That's not to say it's going to turn them into homicidal maniacs by any means. However, I think it's one of those that might have been the strongest sense of motivation, but also what immediately made me lose interest in the movie. Yeah, Like this movie was a pretty tolerable experience. And I think honestly, even like when I consider just disappointment aside, those general feelings, this was a serviceable movie and it's definitely not the worst early 2000s slasher I've seen that's Featuring some gritty, grungy shit. But that element that I think you're referring to mm-hmm. is one that I was like, all right, this is what's pushing it towards a different direction for me.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think speaking of gritty and grungy, if you're asking me, this movie is gritty. It is grungy. It is dirty. It's raunchy. But it's not fucking scary. The jump scares are predictable and super ineffective in this film.
0: Extremely. I think, if anything, what is the most frightening part of this movie is how bad the visual effects are and the editing is and not so much the actual scare tactics that they try to employ because... Although very grungy and disgusting, nothing about this was scary. You're too busy, like, laughing and thinking, what the fuck am I watching to evoke any type of fear?
1: Yeah, I'm going to raise you on better, though, because as bad as the visuals were, as bad as the CGI was, for me, the scariest part of this movie was how disgusting his fucking fingernails were.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. Ugh.
0: Well, I mean, when they're going into eyeballs, you
2: know?
1: It's not even the eyeballs, bro. It it was his fingernails and the close-ups on the fingernails as he's caressing literally anybody. And then there's a point where something gets shoved on someone's throat that I actually gagged.
2: Oh, yeah. That was a good scene. That was a good one.
1: But let me also just say that the other element of fright here is how he pulling off this role in some moments looked like he just was severely constipated or was a baby having a tantrum. That wasn't fun. (laughs) I think I'd be down to see what he's like in the sequel to see if he becomes less goofy looking in some points. But I think aside from all those issues, originality wise, this movie still isn't holding up very well because it's giving stay alive meets psycho meets some kind of religious trauma and it doesn't feel different. (laughs) 100%
2: and I will say it's just his face so stay tuned (laughs) but I agree I'm having a hard time giving this one credit for originality it's a son tortured as a child it's basically giving complete psycho vibes right it's 100% what you're saying definitely psycho literally actually feels like hints of Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Psycho in just the way that they portrayed him as a killer. So really, it feels like the Texas Chainsaw Psycho to me.
0: And I love that. But here's the problem is that if I were to hear that, I'd think, man, that sounds like my kind of movie because I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I love Psycho. But this is just horrendous. This would be like the absolute bad water that's like been sitting In a bucket somewhere on the street for a long, long time, water down that combination because there is nothing deep and insightful about this movie. There's nothing like original to the extent of like keeping it entertaining and keeping you on the edge of your seat, like nothing of that nature. I don't even think that. If you tried to start piecing things together about what's actually going on in this movie, you would even get some payoff, because by the time that you get there, you're just going to be like, oh, well, the movie ended, and that's too late for me now.
1: Okay, well, I don't know if I'd go quite that hard, Binks, but I think I can understand why you are. I think there's an element of this movie, because I had such low expectations going in based on decade and aesthetic alone— where maybe I didn't let myself even try to get attached enough to be as disappointed, because I actually found some of this to be a good time, particularly the ending. Not necessarily the final, final seconds that we get, not even necessarily in who makes it out and who doesn't, but rather the disruption we get to the chaos of, and the brutality of what's happening.
0: Hmm, I don't know, because I think for me the ending was pretty predictable, although it was the only time that I fully grasped what I was watching or what the plot was trying to be. Like I said, there's nothing insightful about this movie whatsoever, and you shouldn't go into it thinking that. But to some extent, I think they attempted ever so horribly. And you kind of understand at the end. And what I thought I was going to enjoy the most out of this ending, despite how predictable it is, it ended up having me laughing. So I don't necessarily know if it was just the most successful ending overall. And look, maybe I am being a little harsh, but it's because this is like religious undertones. I love that paranormal and like, religion aspect in horror. I think it's fascinating. And in the year of 2006, we had The Omen. We had a couple other like great religious horror movies come out that year. So it's like, man, there was potential here. And you've got Kane, great person to kind of really take it there. And it's just... I don't know. The ending felt a little flat.
2: I thought the ending was fine. I enjoyed the, the last kill we see, which we'll talk about in the second half. Like, I, I actually thought the quick little final scene we get right after the initial credits was hilarious. I thought that was good. I don't have any qualms with the ending. It was successful in the way that it wrapped the entire story up. But yeah, I could see where it can be predictable. There's nothing like really wow factor going on there, but. The way it ended, it was fine.
1: Well, let's see if just fine is enough to get it a slash. But before we actually start scoring this movie, Sean, how would you describe the gore score?
2: I mean, it's a pretty gory film. I don't know. You see some gruesome kills for sure. There's enough blood and body parts to go around for all you gore lovers out there. So I I would say this is going to get into the high territory from just what you see.
0: And what about the
1: animal report?
0: So a dog gets scared and pretty much taunted in this movie for a very brief moment, but I will say it's just enough that it's gonna make you hate a particular character, so prepare yourself for that.
1: Well, let's go ahead and get into our ratings then. See No Evil from 2006 was it a hacker slash?
2: I'll go ahead and kick us off. So this film has a ton of action and kills, right? Unfortunately, it's overshadowed by bad acting and cheap, tasteless jokes that just feel cringeworthy. So I'll give props to WWE for branching out and trying to break into the, you know, horror film industry, if you will. But let's face it, it just wasn't that good. It all felt very bland, and I now understand why I couldn't remember anything about this movie. It's because there is nothing worth remembering. It's a hack.
0: I couldn't agree more, Sean. Look, this movie never stood a single chance against all the other high rollers that came out that season in the box office, like Silent Hill, Final Destination 3, I mentioned The Omen a little bit earlier, uh, that came out later that summer. I actually went into this with just the slightest bit of hope that they'd make a wrestling icon with a horror background into a real frightening slasher. And what I got was a Disney Channel movie gone insanely wrong. Like no saving it type wrong. This movie was such a waste of my time that it took me four separate occasions to try and finish it. And I know that I'm a bit harsh on the B movie department. I think I've got this rep now and I'm really trying. I am. I really really am. Look, I I slashed a, a B movie ish episode not too long ago okay but this was just not remotely enjoyable so i am confidently giving this a hack
1: well i certainly did not feel as passionately as either of you i think considering my penchant for slashers considering my desire to just watch a movie in which people get wrecked and have a good time there are certain things that would immediately check me out right like aesthetic like the gore, like bad effects. And this movie does have a lot of it. But for some reason, I did not have a difficult time watching this movie at all. There are some things that I groaned at. There were some things that I uh, really just thought, okay, well, this is certainly a direction. This is a choice that they're making. But it did give me enough to be curious about the sequel. And then to know that Daniel Harris is in the sequel okay, I I felt a similar way as I did when watching Hatchet. This movie really, most of the way, carried soft slash energy for me, but then it took a sudden turn when it made a very specific choice with one of the characters at the end, and I really just couldn't see past it, so... It's a solid hack. And with that, See No Evil from 2006 is a universal hack that you can find this movie streaming online, so go check the link in our show notes to see where you can find it streaming now. Check it out, then join us in the second half so we can roll over this movie together. We'll see you in a bit.
2: Are you a fan of the macabre, of the twisted and the outlandish? then you simply must come to the grand opening of Jacob's Peeper's Eye Emporium. Located in the heart of downtown, our collection of unique and beautiful eyeballs is sure to make your blood run cold. And as if that weren't enough, we've also got a special exhibit featuring the eyeballs of some of history's most notorious serial killers. Come and see the world through the eyes of Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, and Ted Bundy. We guarantee you'll leave with a new perspective on life. And death. And let's not forget about Jacob himself, the man, the myth, the legend. He stepped out of the ring and into the suburbs to share his collection of eyeballs with you. Jeepers Creepers, where'd he get those peepers? He'd tell you, but he'd have to kill you. So come on down to Jacob's Peepers Eye Emporium, where you'll see sights that'll make your skin crawl and your blood curdle. It's a place where the homicidal maniac in you can finally feel at home. We'll be waiting for you.
1: welcome back folks you're now entering the spoiler zone for see no evil which has earned a universal hack now we have a lot to get to here but before we dive into the specifics of our ratings let's go through the kills
2: yeah so we have a decent amount of kills in this one we see a total of 11 kills throughout the film but if we're counting the bodies we see laying around throughout the movie or the deaths that were mentioned, then we have a total of 24 kills. Yeah, there was there was a lot sprinkled in there.
1: There really w- were a lot of corpses just thrown around like dirty laundry.
2: Just random dead hobos with their eyes gadged out, like laying in the hallways. You had like the seven that were mentioned in that opening, you know, that opening scene where the news reporting was happening.
0: Not pleasant. Not pleasant at all.
2: But out of the ones that we saw, what were your favorites?
0: Okay. So, at first, I had it as Williams, because I'm thinking to myself, wow, you pre- you survived a pretty shocking situation, and it with a hook right underneath the jaw with such precision, and it almost was happening in slow motion. I was like, whoa, that's going to really suck. But then, Zoe, mm. with a good old Nokia phone down the throat. Okay,
1: But you know what that kill reminded me of? Paris Hilton, House of Wax. Pipe
2: through the throat. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. You're so right. Wow, how did I not even think about that? And the era. Yeah, honestly. But you
1: know what? I bet if she were to somehow pass that Nokia, it's so durable, it wouldn't even be impacted by the digestive system.
2: (laughs) It probably wouldn't. it probably still work.
1: That's what I'm
0: saying. You'd still be playing Snake on it. (laughs)
2: 100%. Oh,
1: my God. Not her fucking intestines.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too good. But, yes, I felt that one going down. Oh, my gosh. Like, I could feel it, right? uh, Terrible.
1: That is the one that made my gag reflex
2: trigger. Oh, I could see it. It was a
1: combination of his hands, his nails, and then seeing and hearing it go down her throat i legitimately had to put the computer on mute and look away Ugh. like i haven't had to do that for a horror movie in a really really long time and that that shit fucked me up that was also my favorite kill but i'm going to go with my second favorite death which is actually the death i find the most tragic which was melissa who was famously doing time for releasing a pack of dogs from a shelter her, the fact that she then was consumed by a pack of dogs, absolutely absurd.
2: Oh yeah, that sucks. That sucks. And I feel like ugh, I don't know. That was that. It was a good kill for sure, but just the just the whole hand smashing that whole that that was cringy. Just watching the hand hit and break. But then I wasn't expecting the dogs to just come out of the woodwork and just start eating her. I I I don't know.
1: I thought at best that one dog was gonna. Pull her
0: bone like it was a treat.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know what's even funnier about this entire thing to me is I did the animal report and I completely forgot that that kill even happened. I forgot that that even occurred. It's okay. Not that not that it would affect the animal report per se, because it's more like was harm done to. The animals, I guess, to some extent. That scene was the main one of, of that fuckhead, just like throwing the can or whatever, messing with that. But I'm like, wow, Melissa went right over my head. God, this movie's terrible.
2: I think you, you both said some really good ones. I think that overall, I did really enjoy seeing Jacob Goodnight's kill because... At the end, getting to see that pipe going through his eye was super good. And then following, it's not like it was the greatest CGI or anything, but like following to his death and then watching his his heart get impaled by whatever that was, a rod, a, a piece of glass, I'm not sure.
0: The thing about that kill was that it, to me, I, I found it funny, but it's not that I found it like a bad funny, actually, because I agree, it, it was pretty entertaining. That was maybe like the redeeming factor of the ending for me. But the CGI in particular was just so quirky that I almost thought, man, this entire movie would have probably been so much better if it was animated. Like if it was an animated horror movie, Hmm. then I think I really would have been all about this. Because it pretty much was. His kill, full on, like him going down that scene, he is animated. And actually, I would have bought in. I think it would have been much better.
1: Oh my gosh. That is actually a really, really great point. His death and his fall, for some reason, like cut between some moments of different styles of CGI that just made it even more jarring. It's not like they could stick with the same style all the way through. And that really just fucked the whole thing up. But the drama with which he fell, the finality with which he fell, it really was acting as though it didn't want to have a sequel.
2: But then again... Getting shot in the fucking head is not wanting to to come back and kill more people, but he still finds a way to do so.
1: I mean, I watched this show nine one one where a guy gets literally a, a pipe like pushed through his head and he's still alive. Oh. I think like there's enough fallacy or enough like probability that a bullet can miss something super critical. Maybe just make your cognitive response way worse. But hmm. all the ways he was decimated in that fall,
0: terrible.
2: But that final little cut scene of the dog peeing in his eye, come on. Come on.
0: <laughs> Are you telling me right now that there's an end credit scene?
2: It was like right after the initial credits start to roll. It was very quick. No, I didn't
1: waste any time.
2: And it was just as quick as the repo one.
0: I need you to know that I think I saw the first credit like the director and i was ready
2: you were ready to turn it off
0: i the mouse was hovering over the x button i gotcha yeah
2: listen we all know Freddy comes back from dog piss so it's for sure possible that the sequel happens because of the dog piss
0: (laughs) what a what an homage what an homage I, i wouldn't put it past him
1: that's great actually honestly i can buy into the sequel now that's fantastic That really just sweetens the deal for me. Yeah. Come on. Let me tell you though, just to continue picking on the aesthetics here, the CGI that we get into an eye socket at one point is just absolutely fucking wild and absurd. (laughs) And the visuals extend far beyond even just the CGI because motherfucker, why are they mopping in a, in a a hotel? But they're starting off with the filthiest water you've ever seen.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. It's
1: black it's black
2: it's so true it's so true i i think i had that written down somewhere here in my notes where like yeah what are you cleaning with that disgusting fucking black mop water
0: absolutely disgusting no way and why do you think that i use that analogy of really bad watering down of this texas chainsaw massacre and psycho combo because what are they cleaning
1: <laughs> nothing Nothing. They're certainly not cleansing their sins. Let me just go ahead and say here that I have no real favorite visual of this movie because it was all pretty bad. So my favorite visual is going to be Christina Vidal. (laughs) Fair. That's it. She was looking great. Her waves were waving. Her curls were curling. Everything was awesome.
0: You know what? Maybe I'll steal that from you and that'll be my favorite visual as well because... Everyone, maybe Rachel Taylor. That was cool to see her as well. I know we're talking Disney Channel, but like that was a good MCU callback. Like, loved it, but it was really hard to pick a favorite visual because everything was just not good. I mean, the transition of scenes you mentioned a little bit earlier, Sean. That that camera work was so absurd. Oh yeah, I was so confused. I felt dizzy at some point. I was like, these are like the worst. Like. Music videos do that kind of shit in the 2000s. And they were just constant. It was... And then the music, metal scraping sounds in between those quick shots.
2: Oh, yeah. God. The music was terrible.
1: Could you imagine Mac trying to watch this movie and not get sick?
2: Ooh. Yeah.
0: I think he would have made it maybe 20 minutes into this movie, turned it off, and been like, I'm not doing this episode. Which is not what happened, actually, listeners. That's not why he's not here.
2: Yeah, FYI.
0: (laughs) FYI, but but if it were the case, also believable.
2: <laughs> or is it? I don't know. Is it? I don't or is care. it actually? Who knows? I'll give some credit to the film for some visual things that I liked. I know it's hard to pull some out of here, but I did overall like, I guess we can call it the set design. I thought that that hotel, the disgusting look of that grungy, dirty, filthy hotel was pretty well done. And it really... Allowed for some really cringy scenes and some like moments where we were just talking about like just reacting to the fact that that somebody is mopping something in this disgusting bathroom with this even more disgusting mop and mop water. So I'll give it that. I'll give it that.
0: No, you know what? You're right. You're right. The point was to make that hotel disgusting because the whole movie's disgusting, and they achieved it. So you know what? The set department needs its praises and its flowers. So I'm gonna give it to them. You're right.
1: The hotel was as filthy as those sinners. Terrible.
0: Very filthy. Very filthy.
1: <laughs> but as filthy as that was, as as great as the set design was of the hotel, and it really just harkens back to my trespassing days, I think one of the scenes that I enjoyed most was the actual opening of the movie. And the first scene that we get where we get the intensity of this killer, we get introduced to William's character. And while it certainly starts with a bang, I also wasn't expecting for the killer to be so quickly dispatched. and I didn't expect a time jump. I thought we were going to start, and then everybody was going to bite the dust, and then we're going to have like these kids show up somewhere. Cause this, I guess I didn't really pay attention to the fact that it's supposed to take place in a hotel. I thought, okay, this is a way to start. This is a way to, to raise the stakes and, and let us know what we're really dealing with. And him getting shot in the head was not something that I expected.
0: For me, I think my favorite scene, which, well, that's not saying much, but actually has to do with one of the particular scenes that they did, that crazy-ass editing, because it only did it well once. And I think it was right before Zoe's kill. We see, like, this flashback edit where the mom is doing the voiceover in a particularly eerie and, like, slower way and you see Jacob in the cage and it was the one and only time where I think the point of these fast edits and flashbacks were trying to get you to understand Jacob a little bit like it was the only time that I finally understood a bit more I get that sometimes they do these things to kind of get you to empathize with the killer kind of get a little bit more of like an origin story of it but it was just done so poorly throughout the film that this was the only time I could take a beat and actually watch it. And it was her voiceover, the eeriness of it, it finally made it scary. Like, that was the moment where I was like, "All right, if they had done better with the rest of this film, I would say keep that one particular scene. Make it just a smidge better, but, like, they didn't actually have to change much of that particular moment. It could hold its own. The rest of the film would have to fucking be scratched and try again
1: yeah you know the thing for me though is is that moment that scene when we see him in the cage and we see the mom we have some of these things like cut in throughout the rest of the movie and i actually think that while it definitely gives it the context and the exposition that you need for this movie to make any sort of damn sense i wish this was a different movie that didn't need that because i actually didn't like those scenes at all I don't like kid in a cage also maybe like teenager in a cage. I want to assume that maybe he's an adult by this point. I don't know. Also like covering up his genitals because she caught him masturbating. It's just so fucking unnecessary and I get why they did it. I, I get the the trauma of it. I think for me and the complexity of just who they are, right? This is a, a blend of wish brand Jason with wish brand Mrs. Voorhees, who is also wish brand versions of Norman and Norma Bates. Yeah. Right. Because you have this like relationship with mom, like he loves her, but also he hates her. Also, she has abused him. And sure, it makes things more interesting, but visually, I think I could have just done without that whole vibe.
0: But how many times do we like see that where it's... In horror, they're depicting this killer through uh, the eyes of... um the result of childhood trauma, which is just shitty in and of itself. When I say that scene, I mean the way that it was filmed in particular made it my favorite scene. I think it finally did the, that quick edit. Well, it was in that black and white that finally made sense. I think all of those elements made it like the Texas chainsaw massacre thing that we're talking about, like that vibe. I think it really landed very well in that moment. Now the content of that scene is not great, but then that's to say that the content of this entire character and his origin is just fucked up, and we've this is not new. That's why this movie isn't an original, because there's plenty of horror movies that have done that whole, like, mom and son, Oedipus complex weird shit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, as seen just one year later in Rob Zombie's Halloween, except Michael Myers had a better relationship with his mom, and they loved each other, but he was also someone who became a serial killer, and while he probably had those tendencies, as we see by him killing his own pet rat— he also endured all this childhood trauma that made him who he was. Right. Also another fucking movie that's gritty and I don't like it. Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a good way to do it and a bad way to do it, right? Like, I, I think for me, it was really effective in Psycho, but not as effective in this movie. So, yeah, this... this flashback origin to the killer whatever i feel like it lost me it didn't need to be there i didn't need to see it i don't even think like it would have just been good to be a mystery why is he taking these fucking eyes out i have no fucking clue it's his thing i'm good with that he didn't have to bring the whole religious aspect into it
1: you know, I think a better title for this movie would have been Jeepers Creepers.
2: We're talking about our favorite scenes. I I have a lot of like moments from scenes. Like, I don't know if I have like one hundred percent this is my favorite scene in the whole movie, but I definitely like pieces. Like, I, I loved the moment where Williams and I forget who he was with going into the elevator and the blood is dripping down on them and they look up and then the ceiling of the elevator is like got the hair, the bloody hair stuck in the ceiling dripping down on them. Like that whole shot right there was one of the cooler shots in the film. I thought that was really cool. And then I also really liked you know, when you're talking, Chris, about your second favorite kill, that leading up to that kill, where Jacob is is holding Melissa or trying to pull her up with the fire hose that she's hung with, and she's just sitting there screaming, "Let me go, let me go!" Right? And then he's like, "Cool, I'm gonna let you go." Boom, and she falls. So, I, I mean, it, it that little bit of humor was perfect.
1: Okay, that was good. It was humor, but you know what he reminded me of in that moment? Uh huh. An overgrown Pugsley. From the Adams family,
2: uh, oh yeah, yeah, y- yes, absolutely, I see where yeah, I see it,
0: whoa, of all comparisons that we've made tonight, that one's a strong one, that one's a really, really strong one, and it is the look of like H- Kane's face is is overgrown buck vibes <laughs> for sure, it, it is does that make the undertaker Wednesday,
2: uh, oh, <laughs> oh no, oh <uh-oh>. not Wednesday. <laughs> But, you know, we talked about this isn't favorite scenes, but we talked about like the dirtiness of the hotel and the fact that it made no sense that people were cleaning the hotel with dirty stuff. How about the shower scene with Kira? There's no fucking way. One, I'm I'm taking a shower in that shithole. Yeah, that place is disgusting. And two, I don't know where she pulled that dirty-ass rag from, but absolutely not.
1: Also, how is the shower somehow as clean as it was?
2: Yeah.
0: How is the water clear, but the water everywhere else is trash? So many questions. Where did you... You basically just wet yourself because there couldn't have been soap in the premises, okay? Or did you bring soap? She wrapped herself in a mighty large washcloth as well. There was just so many things about that scenario that did not make sense. Why would you shower? I agree. Why would you take off your shoes in that establishment?
2: Oh, no. I can't even go into, like gym showers barefoot just knowing that it's not cleaned right like there's no way i'm going into that hotel barefoot walking around no way
1: okay are we ready to talk about not only her character but some of the other ludicrous decisions made by other characters
0: oh absolutely and that's gonna be at length i'm sure
1: okay let me just get one quick thing out of the way i think my favorite character in this whole fucking movie are you ready for this Mm -hmm. christine no not even she's second favorite Cutaway Mouse. Oh, yeah. Cutaway Mouse was doing his damn thing. Cutaway Mouse, we're just just checking in on him the whole fucking time.
2: Dude, yeah, he was just running around.
1: He was making his way downtown. (laughs) Yeah, he was a great, great distraction from a lot of the bullshit. And I think actually Cutaway Mouse might retroactively be my favorite visual. I wanted to get back to whatever the fuck that mouse was getting into the whole time that we were not with the mouse or Christine.
0: It's literally Ratatouille, a horror Ratatouille.
1: It really is. Okay. But my first absurd question. We have this woman wearing an engagement ring on her right hand. Oh, yeah. And she says, I'm test driving it. Mm -hmm. How do you keep the ring while you're thinking about the answer?
2: That is strange. That is strange. I don't know.
0: By being a savage. By literally being like, I'm just going to hold on to this and think about it.
1: But here's the thing. It was trying to pull another Kemper from Texas Chainsaw Massacre by realizing the tragedy of what could have been. Because some of her last words were, I'm not waiting for anything. And like she puts it on her left hand. And you know, when she gets out of the hotel, she's going to tell him yes. (laughs) That move is what's fucking sealed her fate.
2: Yep. This is true.
0: A lot of the characters here just make such decisions. And like their character traits that are supposed to make them interesting were such a snooze. Like, I could care so very little about Kira and certainly about Michael. How in the hell did that man make it to the end?
2: Okay. What
0: okay. a terrible, terrible choice. So.
2: The worst.
0: His survival
1: to the ending and him making it out of the end and saving Kira. The fact that they put her back into the arms of her abuser. Right. Right worst fucking part of the whole goddamn movie and exactly why it's firmly hack after having been soft slash because i thought okay we hear michael we hear that he's stalking her we hear that he beat the shit out of her i'm hearing this motherfucker is gonna go in a satisfying way and maybe if a guy makes it out maybe it's ty maybe it's ty but then this fucking guy saves the day like he's a fucking hero no absolutely not
2: what kind of message is this movie sending? That's the whole thing. I literally, my note for Michael is, what a douchebag. So annoying. He's an abuser and he's mean to dogs. Fuck this guy. And I'm also upset that this fucking guy didn't fucking die. Like, what the hell? Like, okay, let me, let me start by saying that this movie, was so bad that i literally didn't give a shit who lived and who died like i didn't care at all except for michael i wanted michael to die but i couldn't i couldn't even get that out of this fucking movie
0: I couldn't agree more because the moment that he... Look, the moment that he entered stage right, I was like, oh, fuck this guy. Then he threw that can at the dog and I was like, oh, let this guy fucking get it. But I've noticed something. Every time that I really want a character to just get annihilated, they either get annihilated in a softer way than I hoped or they don't at all. And I'm really upset by that. Especially the fact that this... The last line of the movie is basically them saying, like, oh, why didn't you leave us? And it was because, oh, I didn't want to leave alone. Not because he actually gave a fuck about you. It's because this man is a little bitch, essentially. Absolutely.
1: Terrible decision making. I think, honestly, had they omitted Michael or given him a very satisfying death, then I think this movie had potential for soft slash in some other ways. Because it, it it was just like that whole moment completely fucking sunk it for me.
2: Absolutely.
0: Terrible. And then also that Christine was like, again, not to continue to sing Christina Vidal's praises, but Christina as a character, at the very least, she was trying to be supportive and like help Kira, someone that, you know, clearly sees that Kira's incapable of... Just staying strong on her own, although she did a great job, but it's just difficult, right? Especially when you're stuck in a grimy-ass hotel with your abuser. And it's just the two of them stuck with him now. What in the world? What a shame.
1: Yeah. Honestly, she was the best part of this movie. In her conviction, in her action, in her performance.
0: Shining star. And I will say I did enjoy the scenes with christine and ty together because that was the real disney channel iconery there um i don't think that ty was a necessarily a bad character either though like he was okay not exactly extremely memorable but there were moments where he was really trying to you know help christine like just get out of there like was a team player ish (laughs) Kinda-ish.
2: I don't know. That's the problem, though, is that all of these characters are just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, maybe they were good, maybe they weren't, but like nobody really, truly stands out in this film, and that's a problem.
1: I think what frustrates me about Ty's character was that it wasn't just enough to make him okay-ish. They kind of made him a caricature in a lot of ways, and they didn't give him like a real sense of personality. That's what like they played into too many early 2000s or even before like cliches, stereotypes, negative stereotypes, and they could have done a lot of good with him and they decided to just play cheap tactics the entire time.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. But I knew that going into it from the moment that I saw that intro scene of all the characters and how it was broken down. I was like, oh, this is not going to be pleasant whatsoever didn't expect much going in. And even with the older characters like Margaret Williams as well, like they're also mid, especially Margaret when it turns out that she's the mom. And I, I don't know about y'all, but I saw that from a mile away. I was just waiting. And if anything, it was just so bizarre. Again, that sound editing, every time that she spoke, it always seemed off for some reason, or like that the sound was higher than everybody else or the way that her mouth was moving. And so I was almost like, what is happening here? This is poor editing. But at the very least, it's calling my attention to her even more that only further makes me think that this is the mom. Hmm. So it worked not to their benefit.
2: Yeah.
1: 100%. They pulled up that bus, got off in front of this old lady, and she stuck around. She's in on it. Because they're not going to just, like, kill an old lady. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to just make it real fucking sad. It's not like it's the mist. But... For her to stick around means that she is the most vulnerable character and therefore the one who's in on it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But then we have Jacob Goodnight. Right? And I think that, you know, not saying it was some phenomenal performance, but like I was saying before, I do think it was a good role for Kane coming from wwe into this horror film i think he is a good antagonist granted he didn't talk much but also he didn't talk much in wwe either so and especially his early career he didn't say anything at all he didn't say anything at all so there is that and i did like that thought it was entertaining anyways that they had to keep K-Fob alive or k or however you say that word by like not breaking his character. So like even in the credits, it's listed as Kane and not his actual name. And then they, to your point, when you introduced this episode, Chris, like they also tied this movie into the storyline within WWE. And so like... That's a that's a big thing, at least back then in WWE, was not breaking K fob or whatever, or however you say that word, is just not breaking the characters and not letting the the general population understand who you are outside of the ring.
0: Which is a genius like marketing tactic from them, especially that this is their first like major film that was produced from WWE Productions, which we grew to learn, they have made a lot of movies that we've seen and had no idea about.
1: Listen, if you fucking told me five hours ago that WWE made a movie with Halle Berry in it and it was good, get the fuck out of here.
0: For me, it was Oculus. I'll never recover from that information whatsoever. <laughs> But all that being said, yeah, like, the tie-in for Kane's actual storyline in wrestling, along with this character, was pretty freaking smart. And again, I think we mentioned it earlier, like, I think that Jacob Goodnight as a character was well-written for Kane. I mean, it literally was meant for him, no questions asked, so I think that that's great. I just wish that it would have been a bit more, like more about him and his origin and not i guess just more time with him i don't know because i guess we do but it's just like i i feel like when we saw him i didn't feel as excited or like what is he gonna do or all this other stuff it was too goofy of a movie for me to feel actually intimidated by someone who i was always intimidated by growing up
2: i could see that for sure he just should have never taken the mask off
0: he should have never taken the mask off i completely agree Maybe that's what it is. You're right. I
1: wonder if he has a mask in the next movie.
2: It doesn't look like it. Yikes.
0: That was their mistake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: a goofy movie is a great movie. I was just singing along to that soundtrack the other day.
2: <laughs>
0: so, look, I know that at the end of the day, we've talked more about these characters than I thought we ever were going to be able to because they're just very mid to terrible. And so I think about how... I have to actually muster up the courage to think of the best part of this movie. And it really is only one answer to this, in my opinion, and it is the Disney Channel icons in this film. (laughs) Even Rachel Taylor, to me, I was so surprised to see in such a shitty fucking movie because... She is in Jessica Jones, like, Luke, all of these big... She's in the MCU, guys. She's a pretty big um, actress now, I guess. But even then, I was surprised to see her in such a film. Like, what happened here? Their acting was not astounding by any means. But at the very least, those three characters really were the better part of such a terrible film in terms of their acting ability and what they were able to do with such shitty writing. And I guess that's kind of a relief ish listen i mean
1: i think that was very generous of you i'm still gonna go with taking it back down more specific to christina vidal because i wasn't even as impressed by the rest of the disney action in this movie christina vidal was hands down the most confident actor in this entire film her and the mouse they get it for me
2: you know the best part for uh, for this For me, it's probably just the kills. I don't know. It was a pretty bland movie, if you ask me. Nothing really stood out too much. It was all just okay. But I did like some of the kills, and I enjoyed watching a little bit of Kane come out in Jacob Goodnight and wanting to do those choke slams. At one point, I thought he was going to do a double choke slam, which would have been super cool, but then it didn't happen. But yeah.
1: Okay. So you know how when you get sick, you lose your sense of taste and everything tastes bland? Yeah. That is what i just imagined this movie to be as you said that sean which i think is a strong indicator of why i'm not going to watch this again however i will consider watching the sequel in fact between that or one of the piranha remakes i might be watching those tonight
2: <laughs> Jeez! wow oh my gosh
0: you're you're a brave soul and look for me it's that for a moment there i also thought should I dare watch the sequel to see how it compares to this mess? But then I thought to myself, no way, Bianca, am I ever going to watch this, especially that we're recording this episode on a holy day? Like, I need to love myself more than that.
2: I uh, bet you, you, both, you both said it, right? Like, I, I don't think I need to watch this one again ever. But to your point, Chris, I might watch the sequel at some point just to see if they did any better than this one. But that's about it.
1: Okay, here's the thing. This is how I felt when I watched Hatchet. I wasn't crazy about Hatchet, but I watched the sequel because I was just intrigued enough and Danielle Harris was in that sequel. It was pretty okay. This one, however, again, didn't like it. Danielle Harris is in this sequel, so I feel like I have to give it a chance.
0: Here's what's going to happen, actually. Here's my strategy for this, now that we're talking about it. Some way, somehow... Down the line, this sequel is going to end up on our roster to do an episode on it. And if I have to see this sequel and then have to see it again (laughs) for that episode, I think I might lose my mind. So I'm actually going to pull a Mac and I'm going to hold for as long as I can until eventually that day comes and save it for
2: then. Nice.
1: Well, that's fair. And until then, there you have it, folks. See No Evil has earned a universal hack. Now, we've certainly had a robust discussion here, but it doesn't end here by any means.
0: We want to know what you think. What were your thoughts on Jacob Goodnight? Kane do you love wrestling would you ever really watch this movie again I need to know all of it really I do so you can actually let us know and join in on the conversation by hanging out with us for free in our discord you can do that by clicking the link in our show notes to sign up
2: yep and if you've enjoyed listening to us talk about the horrific tale of a wrestler trying to break into horror consider becoming one of our patrons visit patreon.com slash hacker slash to enjoy more of the show with early access extended episodes bonus content and live shows
1: we'll see you next time folks and remember the eyes are the window of the soul
2: we left county for this